as we move towards the future and towards the potential solution to the many very thoughtfully formulated problems that you shared with us today, a major recent development in research is to apply the knowledge that we acquired for many years in the science of teams and organization to understand psychology and the performance of multi-person. And I use that term in particular as now we use it as guidelines for how to structure this relationship you just described by, in your last example, Bill, by combining basically human intelligence and AI intelligence into some kind of an augmented intelligence that will be better, but perhaps at the sum of its part in which each one checks on the other in a sense. And as a result, there is some kind of an impedance match that will produce higher levels of performance, maybe safer level of performance, maybe more ethical levels of performance. We don't know. All these are questions. So could you comment for a second on both the similarities and differences between classical teams that we know, whether they are sports team or command and control teams or uh, medical teams, with those new, we don't have a, new, a word in the English language, we still call them teams, of humans and artificial intelligences blended together. Similarities and differences. What's the same? What's different? What worries you there? This is another interesting area, right? Because a lot of this hinges upon our use of language. And this is the curse of really taking to philosophy of language at a young age. There's a question here of what we mean when we say teammate. What do we mean even when we say intelligence? Because machine intelligence is very different from human intelligence. And I think that if you are sort of unfamiliar with the domain, there may be a tendency to hear artificial intelligence and think that what we're talking about maps directly to what we refer to when we talk about human intelligence. Very different. Language is both empowering, but also very limiting, Chad. That's true. We don't have that new vocabulary that we need to use. So we use what we know, that the story of human language, and then eventually that evolves. Thank you. Language generates mutual intelligibility and understanding. So if you're interacting with an agent that doesn't have language, mutual intelligibility and understanding is really hard to achieve. Yeah. And then, you know, when we're talking about teammates, right, when I use the word teammate, it comes packaged with all of these sort of notions. When I consider a teammate, I'm thinking of someone who has a shared goal, who has a stake in the outcomes. If I have a teammate, there's a level of trust that this teammate, one, doesn't want to fail, that this teammate cares about my perception of them and vice versa. And that this teammate is going to share in not only the the rewards of our success, but also the consequences of our failures. So it's hard for me to conceptualize AI as a strictly defined teammate under those considerations, because I'm not confident that AI has the same sort of stake in the outcomes. Often you hear the question of whether it's ethical to unplug an AI without its consent. And I think that it's very different because what we're doing there is inherently drawing analogy between depriving a human of life, right? You're turning them off, essentially. Turning off an AI is not necessarily (laughs) the same as a human dying. You can switch it back on. You can copy and duplicate the code that runs the AI. So there's a, a really 
interesting sort of comparison between the, the stakes of a set of potential outcomes between human and AI. I think the, the richness, I want to hear your perspective on this notion, uh, Bill, especially the, the ethical dimension of it. But I am very optimistic because those very questions that we're asking right now, when we pair a radiologist, for example, with an AI machine who's read millions and millions of MRI pictures and can actually combine that intelligence with that of the expert to reach new levels of expertise. As we think through this problem as engineers, as designers, it makes us understand the human dimension even deeper. What you reflected right now, Chad, on what does it mean to be a member of a team and what does a teammate mean to you has been forced. That thinking has been forced because we are designing artificial intelligence system and we don't know what kind of social intelligence to imbue them, to embed with them with. So my point is that it has a beautiful kind of uh, going back to really understanding what makes us humans as special, unique. That forces yeah. us to rethink about that. That's really intriguing, Danielle. I mean, when I think about the similarities and differences between AIs and people on teams, some similarities that we share with our artificial creations are that we oftentimes reason in the same way. So I use some of the neural networks I have in my brain to reason about certain topics in the same way that a neural network I construct in software or in hardware reasons. So I can, I can actually duplicate things like heuristics and biases that we see in how people make judgments in silico, if you will. So at least in some cases, we do reason in the same way because we're using the same computational principles to reason. Secondly, another similarity is that in some cases, we reason in a symbolic fashion, and in some cases, we reason in a non-symbolic fashion. That is, in some cases, we are using language and we're representing the world and intervening on it. And in others, we're using these networks that are designed to help us do biological things like move our bodies around or react in a certain way emotionally to an event. And those may be non-symbolic. Those might be more basic in computational terms, if you will. And I think we actually see that in our silicon partners, too, depending on how they're constructed. So those are a couple of similarities. But there are some radical differences, as you were just picking up on, Danielle, I think. One is that there is... Uh, huge general purpose AI context that is missing, right? You and Chad are both, you know, these wonderful and lively people with these fascinating brains and minds. You know, you've had decades of experience and thousands of training examples and, and hundreds of practical problems to confront every day. That's all missing generally when I engage with any particular artificial intelligence or cognitive tool. It's missing all of that background that we take for granted in human interaction. And secondly, there's a lot of biology that's just missing here. For us as human beings, our bodies shape our minds and vice versa, such that even right now, even though we're communicating via Zoom, we're using gestures and posture and eye gaze to help make guesses about what the other person is thinking and to seek positive feedback and to know that we're doing well as a team. And a lot of that is missing for our AI agents. They're not embodied, so they don't have the same survival imperatives that Chad uh, mentioned earlier. And they also are missing those markers that can help us understand when we're making mistakes as a team, that at least for us human beings have evolved in evolutionary timescales and are very helpful for helping us coordinate activity, like being angry when somebody busts a deadline. So all supremely important and differences between our artificial agents and us humans. So taking on that, 
Are you particularly worried about this notion of, uh, it's a long verb here, but basically anthropomorphizing those artificial intelligence and robots by giving them names, giving them sometimes a body? The Japanese are very good at actually making robots move and blink and smile like humans, for example, or maybe not like humans. And that's the issue. And are we worried about, you know, giving them gender like Charlie or other things like that? Because it creates an expectation of behavior that is not met. Tell me a little bit about that before I'm going to press you about giving us all the solutions to solve all these problems in five minutes or less. But let's explore that first. Anthropomorphizing. I'll start. It's a risk for sure. Because of that background of our biology and our good general purpose AI chops as people, we take that for granted and we assume it in the case of these agents. And when we anthropomorphize them, that can lead us to think that we have obligations to them that we actually don't and that they have capabilities that they don't actually possess. So I think anthropomorphization, it can help enable effective team coordination in some cases, but it also presents certain risks if people aren't aware the human-like nature of these things stops. Before we uh, you know, kind of think about, oh, and this is something that rebuts Chad and Bill's assumption that there's nothing new under the sun, I would say we actually have a body of law that thinks about non-human agents our obligations to them, and how we ought to treat them. And that's corporate agency in our legal system. So we have lots of agents running around now. They're taking actions that impact all of our lives daily. And we have at least some legal understanding of what obligations we have to them and how we ought to treat them. So IBM, or you know, name your favorite large corporation, isn't composed exclusively of people. It's this interesting agent that's recognized in our law and that has certain obligations to us, and we have certain obligations to it. Think of Citizens United. All of those things can be used as tools as we kind of work our way through how we treat corporate entities to help us maybe figure out how we ought to treat these agents that are both like and unlike us too. Thank you. Very good. Yeah, I think I'm of two minds here. On the one hand, I, <laughs> something an artificial intelligence will never say. <laughs> <laughs> on the one hand, as a developer of technologies, and because of my admittedly sometimes kooky approach to sort of collaborative creativity, I think that there is a sense of value in giving the team a new way to think about the technology that they're developing. I often encourage teams to flip their assumptions on their heads, right? And to change the frame of reference with which they're approaching a problem. Because I think this is a very valuable for generating novel ideas and remixing old ideas into novel domains, right? And this is the key to innovation. On the other hand, I think that as shepherds of emerging and powerful technologies, we have to recognize that we have a much different view, understanding of what's going on under the hood here. And when we are communicating to the general public or to people who may not have the time or interest to really dive into these esoteric issues that people like Bill and I are, are sort of driven towards by virtue of our makeup, I think that we have a responsibility to them to help them understand that, you know, this is not exactly human and that it may do some things that you're not particularly uh, clear on, right? My car has some 
automated or artificial intelligence capabilities, right? It's not Knight Rider or Kit, if you will, but it's one of those things where like as a driver, if you sort of think of artificial intelligence as like human intelligence, that I can fill in gaps pretty reliably, you're putting yourself in a great deal of danger. There are spaces in, uh, as I'm driving through this area, if I'm driving to the airport, I know there's one spot right before an overpass where the car sees something in front of it and it slams on the brakes. This is very dangerous when you're on the highway, right? And if you're not thinking of this as having limited capabilities to recover from errors or misperceptions in the best way possible, uh, you're, you're putting your drivers, your driver's families, your loved ones, a great deep risk, as well as other people who have not willingly engaged in or taken on the artificial intelligence, right? There are other drivers on the road. Uh, and you're also putting their safety at risk as well. If you're misrepresenting in a way, whether intentionally or unintentionally, the capabilities and the expectations of an AI. 